0: Listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One Hello and welcome to another episode of Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, All Houston, All Original. I'm your host, Lashar Binkley. I'm the director of basketball operations for Overtime Heroics. I am a contributor for Space City Scoop. And of course, I'm a podcast host for the Launchpad Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at h for Life, 40 all caps. And be sure to follow the official Apollo media account at Apollo, H-O-U. That's Apollo. H-O-U is actually all capital, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Today, we have a very special guest. We are joined by rapper, YouTube star, NBA spokesperson, and probably one of the best follows on Twitter and on social media. Period. We are joined by The Kid Gowie. First off, happy Juneteenth before we get started. Hey, happy Juneteenth to you, my (laughs) brother. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, I definitely appreciate you joining us and jumping on. I've been following you for a while. Always loved your content, all YouTube videos. Um, Seeing how you blowing up, that has been a great thing. And I wanted to, you know, not just because of that, but also, you know, being a, a black man in, you know, social media and, you know, trying to get your name out there and Juneteenth, I think that's all appropriate for today. So I definitely appreciate you jumping on today. Oh, yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me. And uh, before we, you know, get started into too deep into the um, the podcast here, why don't you uh, give uh, some of the Rockets fans, all the Rockets fans that may not know you? I know most of them already do, but some of them that don't know you, can you give a little bit of your background, how you got started, how you got into this?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously for those you guys heard the introduction, I'm the Kid Gowie. Um, pretty much. I'm um, a content creator. I really don't like the term influencer because people may think I'm out here selling flat tummy tea. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I actually have talent. I actually create my content. So I, con- I consider myself a content creator. But um, yeah, I've been doing this for about like 10 years, but I didn't really blow up until about like four years ago. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how I got here as far as being a Rockets fan. Uh, I've been a Rockets fan for what's going on 20 years, I believe. Oh, yeah. um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and for those who know the state of Maryland, you know that Steve Francis, uh, yeah. the franchise, <laughs> yes. he actually went to the University of Maryland. Um, so, you know, like I said, being in Maryland and seeing him play, I was like, bro, like this guy's too nice. Like, he's real cool. And he ended up being my fr- my very first favorite player. Um, Of course, growing up in the 90s, everybody's favorite player was Michael Jordan initially. But like I wasn't really into basketball at that time. Um, But once I saw Francis play, I was like really getting into basketball and he really made me a fan of basketball. So I followed him to the league and um, I'm kind of glad that he ended up getting traded to Houston because I don't know how I would have felt being a Grizzlies fan. So, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah, people forget about that all the time. He actually, you know, didn't start with Houston.
1: Exactly. So, um, you know, landed in Houston and then uh, Francis end up getting traded, as we know, to the Orlando Magic for yeah. uh, T-Mac. But at that time, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to keep following this one guy everywhere he goes. So I'm just going to stick with the team. And, you know, we it, things been rough, but it's not a decision <laughs> I regret. Um, I really love the Houston franchise. Um a lot of my favorite players have come from the Houston franchise, whether it's Francis, Yao Ming, uh Tracy McGrady, James Harden. So yeah, it's been fun for me.
0: Yeah, I mean that's awesome. And you know, a lot of you know, younger fans may not remember Francis, but I mean Francis was uh he really blew up in his first year with the Rockets and you mm-hmm. know taking that team that was, you know, struggling right after, actually he played like Akeem's last year. He played with Francis um, in Houston, and he kind of took over the franchise, him and Katino Mobley. They didn't exactly ever get too far in the playoffs, but I think he kind of got the ball rolling in the right direction after Akeem left um, that final year. And, I mean, just having Francis here, winning rookie of the year, and it, it, to this day, it's still hard for me, even though Trace McGregor is a great player, it's still hard for me with that fact that they traded Francis, cause he was just so ingrained into Houston, you know, the minute he got here. So, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely can see how you, you know, started following the Rockets after Francis, cause he was, you know, big, not just in Houston, all over the league. But before we go past that, let me ask you your opinion on something that's very important. So what mm-hmm. was your opinion on those uniforms that they wore? Uh, right around France's first year, the pajama uniforms, because it's always a debate on Rockets Twitter going back and forth on that. You you want you know what? Um, and
1: hopefully, you know Rockets fans don't try to <laughs> get on my head with this, but I really love the pinstripe uniform. <laughs> yeah, like those are my favorite Houston Rockets jerseys. Believe it or not, and I don't know what it is. I think it's more the logo, if yeah. anything. Um, I thought the logo was just so cool and just very large I feel like <laughs> during that area during that era of basketball every logo was large whether it was the the Grizzlies or the Pistons like yeah. the ones that really pop and stand out I feel like nowadays teams have gotten real lazy with the logos and mm. this the the jerseys are more worded versus actually having logos on them but um yeah I feel I really love those jerseys. So whenever I see Rockets fans downplay them and then they talk about, you know, the McDonald's ketchup and mustard jerseys, I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm, not, I'm not too big on the ketchup and mustard because I really love the pinstripes.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and and I think it was I think back then it was like a really like a comic book theme type thing going on with the logos like you said it wasn't just the Rockets like all over the league they had the big huge logos with the bright colors yeah. and yeah I mean it was it was definitely it took me a while to get used to it I would say that and I think a lot of time Rockets fans have nostalgia like myself because they won a the championship with the ketchup and mustard and I think that's why a lot of time because to be honest it's really more of a plain jersey uh but I, I would say the pajamas grew on me after a while, because at first I was like, what in the world is this? I didn't know what was going <laughs> on. So that, that took me a little bit getting used to. But uh, I, I want to also get a little bit back in, in your background, because a lot of people know, like, you actually are a rapper as well. That's kind of where you started off in Baltimore. Is is that correct?
1: Yeah, that is correct.
0: Yeah. And uh, like what, like your first like big song or big break was uh, Purple and Black. It was like a Ravens anthem.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It was it was kind of crazy because the Ravens were they weren't even Super Bowl bound yet. Yeah. Uh, I had made an anthem. I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm I like to rap, and I was like, the best thing I could do right now is drop a Ravens anthem because like everybody knows I'm a Ravens fan. All my you know friends are Ravens fans, so I know it would be spread across Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. So I just went for it and people loved it like they loved it so much that I end up sending the song to a rock station so there's a rock station here called uh, 98 Rock and I had them playing rap music so like (laughs) something like that let you know that you know that was one of them tracks and I was like okay like this is cool so um it reached a couple of Ravens players uh they retweeted it on Twitter and different things like that so it, it was real cool and to this day uh, somebody that I went to school with, he sent me a video on Facebook of a bar in Florida. It was like a Ravens bar in Florida still playing that song to this day. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool as well.
0: Yeah, I, I got to imagine. It's pretty nice. You know, your song being basically all over the country you know, you you went on to, you know, even bigger things. And now you go back and you still can hear that song like seven years later. I'm sure that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's
1: real cool because I was just like, dang, I didn't even know people still remembered that job. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and then you kind of, you transitioned, like you're saying, to being a content creator and, and doing impressions, which are, you know, some of the best impressions on social media. Was that kind of like a natural transition going into that? Uh, and, you know, is that kind of how you started getting into the impressions doing like, you know, different rappers and, you know, sports personalities?
1: Yeah, I think what happened with that was, obviously, I'm musically inclined. So I felt yeah. like, trying to build a rap fan base. Rap is too serious of a genre. Uh, yeah. Well, at least at this time. Now, I feel like rap is just a parody and everybody's <laughs> you know trying their hand. But yeah. at that time, rap was just so serious and trying to gain a fan base is so much harder as a musician versus being a comedian. So I was like, you know, since I'm musically inclined, what is a way that I could build my fan base rapidly while still rapping and having fun? And it was, you know, doing and rapper impersonations or doing rapper parodies and song parodies and whatever. So me transitioning into parodies was the original start. And then I had did like a Pusha T Freestyle Friday video where I impersonated Pusha T and people went crazy for that. And like uh, Conceded from Wild and Out commented, said that I killed it. Tory Lanez commented, said that I killed it. Um, and I was like, all right, bet. Well, I'm about to make this a series. And then I just started trying my hand at a whole bunch of different rappers.
0: Yeah, and, and I, you know, just looking at a lot of your different videos, I mean, of course, you know, the one that really blew up was the LeBron James All-Star video. mean, um, mm-hmm. that has over, like, 4 million views. But what is your favorite impression that you've done? Um, is it that one or is it another one?
1: Um, what would be my favorite impression? I don't know. To me, my favorite impre- uh, impression to do is Stephen A. Smith. Smith. Uh, Yeah, Stephen A. Smith is fun because the reason why I enjoy doing his videos is because I'm able to talk trash because they know that's how Stephen A. is. So I can, like, throw shade at players and be like, I'm not saying that. That's something Stephen A. would say. Like, I can kind (laughs) of (laughs) just disguise it and and put it on him. And people would be like, you know what, Stephen would say something like that. So I think that's the most fun because it's just like you can be you could be outlandish. You could be crazy. You could be loud. Uh, and it's, you know, people will take it as it is and, and love it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it's not too far based Pretty from anything you say. So you have a, a wide canvas <laughs> of what you can pull from. I'm sure that makes it a lot easier. Exactly. And, and and also, I mean, you like I said, you're blowing up and now you're you're a spokesperson for the NBA. So how did all of that come about?
1: Uh, well, basically it
0: is, it's still mind blowing to me because it's
1: like, I've always been that MBA person as far as like content creator goes that really pushed the limits. So yeah. it's like everybody else is more PC or, uh, you know, rated G content, um, because they don't, sometimes their stuff don't have a lot of dialogue, uh, yeah. And when it came to me, like I was saying, like calling players out their names <laughs> yeah. and uh, using some profanity here and there. So to even get that NBA gig was real wild to me because it's like, bro, like I went from, you know, cracking jokes and stuff like that to them guys actually reaching out like, yo, Galway, we want you to be the spokesperson for this. And it was it was real cool. So. Honestly, it, it wasn't even something that I did. It was kind of just like they saw all the, the versatility and the jokes that I cracked. And they was like, we like that. We want you to be you for our brain. And that's really just how it came about, just being myself and putting the content out, talking my talk.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Man. And you know, let me also ask you, because it took me like 20 times to figure out exactly what the play in tournament was. Were you able to get like on the first or second take? or Did it take a while to, to get all that down?
1: Um, it was, it was, it, I was able to get it down, but yeah. what it was is trying to explain it was harder yeah. than me. <laughs> like, cause it's like, I understand what I'm trying to say, but I was getting tongue tied because it was like the first seat, third seat, second, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, it was real, uh, it's like tongue twisters all over the place. So it was much harder to explain than it was to actually for me to understand it.
0: Yeah. And we appreciate it because I, just watching your video, it definitely helped me understand it better. I mean, even with the Rockets not in there, I still kind of wanted to understand what, what exactly I was watching. And, <laughs> I mean, that, that definitely did help. Uh, and as we wrap up this first segment, I, I want to ask you another really important question that Rockets fans uh, across the world would definitely want to know. So let's mm-hmm. say we do get Rockets' Nets Finals uh, 2023. Mm. So I know James Harden is your favorite player, and yeah. Rockets are your favorite team. So so where exactly would you fall in that? Hey,
1: look, man, as much, <laughs> as, much as I would want James to win team, loyalty comes first. So yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> I, would much, I would much rather see the Rockets win than my favorite player win because, you know, there's more people on the Rockets versus my favorite player. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and I would say you, you, you've gained even more Rockets fans because, I mean, I don't know how much you follow Rockets Twitter, but that's it's been like a civil war. In, inside yeah. of Rockets Twitter going on with, uh, well, we got Harden fans when we got Rockets fans. We have Harden Rockets fans and they want to... Yeah. It, it's been a big thing going on the last couple of weeks. So uh, that's definitely a, a great answer, at least from my point of view anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, I tell I tell people all the time, like, when it comes to the playoffs, I root for the Rockets. Once the yeah. Rockets are out, that's when I do the favorite player play. But yeah. if my team in it, I'm not rooting for nobody else. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Is, exactly and I, i'm glad you said that and i'm sure a lot, well at least half of the rockets fan will definitely be glad you said that as well um, exactly uh that's going to wrap up the first segment the second segment we're going to actually go back um into the past season um i know a lot of rockets fan would like to forget that season but i wanted to get um i wanted to get the kid guy's opinion on a lot of what's going on this past offseason um and a past season that we just went through so uh please stick around
1: Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. ApolloHou, All Houston. All original.
0: And welcome back to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. We are joined by the kid Gowie. And in the first segment, we went over his career and his Rockets fandom, how that started in this segment. We're going to actually talk about this Rockets past season that's been one of the craziest seasons I can remember. And I go back a few decades with the Rockets. Um, So first I want to start off with, we started off in the offseason after the disappointment, you know, losing to the Lakers, basically getting um, almost, you know, a gentleman swept after (laughs) they won game one. Mm -hmm. And uh, Russell Westbrook won it out. Um, Let me first start with that. How surprised were you that, after one season, Westbrook was ready to move on to another team. Uh,
1: to be honest with you, that really blew my mind because I was like, "Hey, Russ," because I thought that you know we already know how Russ's loyalty lies. So it's yeah. like he spent all those years with OKC, and then they eventually reached a point to where they was like, "You know what? We want you to chase the championship. Go ahead and you know be free." And I thought Houston was going to be the new stomping grounds, especially since him and James Harden were friends. Yeah. Um, you know, from the same city and all that stuff. So I was, I was blindsided by it. I was like, bro, like what's going on? And then, you know, there was a domino effect. Everything just seemed to go downhill after that.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, the, of course they make the trade with, with, you know, with Washington to bring over John Wall. And I will just say, you know, my opinion, this, I, I was really against it just not because it's necessary. John Wall was a, a bad player just coming off those major injuries. What was your opinion Once that trade went down, we found out that John Wall was coming to Houston.
1: Oh, see, see, this is the thing, because uh, in John Wall's prom, I've wanted him to be a Rockets, I mean, a Rocket for so long. And then badly, because I was like, bro, like the Wizards have nothing to offer John Wall. Like he's carrying the team. They're wearing them down. I was like, send him somewhere where he can possibly win. Um, So hearing that John Wall was coming to the Rockets, I was like, oh, like, not only do we get a fresh start, but we get a guy who, in my personal opinion, at that time, I felt like John Wall was the better playmaker out of the two players. Yeah. Um, and then it was one of those things where I was like, OK, like I could rock with this, you know, John Wall, James Harden uh, and John Wall is technically my favorite point guard. So it was one of those things like my favorite point guard gets to play with my favorite you know, player and stuff like that. So it was looking good for me. Um So that's kind of where my mind was when it happened, but it did suck to lose Russ. So, you know, we're not going to disregard that Russ is Mr. Triple double um, all NBA player, stuff like that. But, you know, the, the trade-off wasn't bad to me. Like I didn't look at it like it was detrimental.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people may, you know, forget that before the injury, John Wall was a top five point guard and he was, you know, leading Wizards past the first round several years Exactly. Um, as one of the best point guards in the league before those injuries. And, and then, you know, of course, the news came about, you know, Daryl Morey stepping down. At the time, he said that he wanted to spend time with his family. That didn't last long. He, he went on to, you know, be the actual head of the basketball operation for the 76ers. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you know, the whole situation with James Harden, and he, you know, wanted out. So let me ask you, because a lot of Rockets fans – well, I'll just speak for myself – I don't necessarily had a, have had a problem that James Harden wanted out because, you know, he did do a lot for those eight years. He had a lot on his shoulder. I guess my problem with Harden was how he went out and how he kind of put his through his teammates under the bus. But what was kind of your opinion on that whole situation, you know, with him not practicing and kind of out in the club, breaking COVID protocol and, and then, you know, finally the trade happens and what was kind of your opinion on that, that whole entire James Harden situation? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, first, to uh, address the Daryl Morey situation, I I felt more slighted by that, to be yeah. honest, just because, you know, it felt like a breakup where, you know, you break up with somebody like, yeah, I need I need this personal time to focus <laughs> on myself. And then <laughs> you walk you walk out the house and you open up Tinder. Like, come on, bro. like he not, <laughs> yeah. You was looking for something new. You could have just said that. But aside from that, as far as James Harden goes, I'm 50 50 with it. um and the reason's why is because Harden told us in advance that he wanted out. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what Rockets tried to do is they wanted to see if they can reconcile the race the relationship. They uh they held on to him longer than they should have and it came to the point to where Harden had to press the issue to really let us know that he wanted out. And um like like you said, it, he could he had could he have gone about it a better way? Of course. He could have been professional. He could have just been like, "Look, y'all, yeah, I'm trying but I just don't want to be here anymore. I don't think this is going to work. And, you know, he could have been more mature about it. But like I said, he chose the way he wanted to do, cause a scene. Um, luckily, we were able to still get something for him because the way the media was talking, they was trying to kill his trade value pretty yeah. much. Um, so I think it would have ended much better for both sides because we would have had way more people looking at Harden had he handled it the right way. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't think we did too bad. I mean, now, in hindsight, looking at some of the offers that we received, we dodged a lot of bullets, whether it was Tyler Hero and Ben Simmons. Like, yeah, we definitely uh, dodged a bullet. And a lot of people forget that James Harden trade is the reason why we got KPJ. Uh, Because, you know, once they traded, uh, I can't remember, Tari and Prince. So when he went there, the Cavs gave him uh, KPJ's locker. And that's when KPJ flipped out. And then that's when, you know, rockets came in for the steal. So, you know, it all worked out in the long run. So I'm not too mad at it, but like you said, like he could have handled it a bit better.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the whole KPJ thing, because a lot of people, they only focus on the actual trade. They don't focus on what exactly happened after the trade. Mm -hmm. If you, if, you know, if the trade didn't go down exactly how it went, like you said, KPJ wouldn't have been available. Uh, for a second round pick that they're never going to give up and 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 also you have to look at it well if they would have traded for let's say Ben Simmons yeah you would have been a little bit better but you still wouldn't have you you may not even make the playoffs and if you did you would have been like a seed and you wouldn't have the chance to get a Kay Cunningham or Evan Mobley so you have to look at it in a bigger picture and also going back to Daryl Moore I'm glad you did bring that up because I think Daryl Moore it gets a lot of a, I get a pass from a lot of Rockets fans and a lot of the media because the way he handled it was actually just as bad or worse than the way James Harden handled it because Joe More kind of came out of nowhere. He kind of just little match straight away all the players and then stepped away and like you said, said he wants to spend time with his family. But the next time you look up, he's already got another job like five days later. So exactly I'm he brought that up because he he definitely shouldn't get a pass for any of that. Um yeah. and oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, yeah, and I feel like with with the, I think a
1: lot of people are putting too much pressure on Harden, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. I know yeah. y'all know he's my favorite player, <laughs> but you know when it comes to pointing fingers and the demise of the Houston Rockets, I feel like it was a group effort. Like yes. Harden plays a role in it, Daryl Morey plays a part in it, uh, Mike D'Antoni definitely plays a part in it. So it's and then even um. Uh, Tillman that he plays a part in it too so like there was a, a four-headed monster there that really all contributed in the demise of our team so I don't really like when people try to point fingers at one person or say oh Harden's the reason why we're flopping Harden was our franchise like yeah. he was the reason we were even successful and even contenders to begin with when you give somebody such a high usage rate and he goes out and performs every single night it's like I can't fault him for wanting something different because after a while you get exhausted. And what a lot of people fail to realize is the Harden that we see today dealing with this hamstring injury, Harden was Ironman for us. And I've noticed when it comes to NBA history, you have players who put franchises on their back. And then when they go to a better place, they can't stay healthy. We've seen that with T-Mac in Orlando. Then he comes to Houston, can't stay healthy. Um, and, And it's just like, it's crazy that things work like that. But it's like you overexert yourself for so many years and it just like your body finally tells you like, all right, you know, time to time to chill out. We're going to sit you down for a while. So, um, yeah, I I think if you're going to hold somebody accountable, you know, give everybody their fair share. Take it like a stock. Everybody got a piece (laughs) of the pie. (laughs) Don't try to just pin it all on one person.
0: Yeah. And I think Harden and and, I may have been part of I think he knew he knows his body. I think he knows that, you know, he could only do so much for so long and he needs to be around other players that can help lift him up. Because I mean, if you look at it, if he, even if he was still here, he still would have been a number one guy and there's no way the Rockets would have been able to win like the Nets if Harden was out for half the year or majority of the year, it's just, it's, it wouldn't have been possible, even if Westbrook would have stuck around. So I think Harden just kind of knew where his body was going and he knew that he needed to, you know, let some of that load go into other players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, even though, you know, We all saw how kind of working out with Kyrie Irving, but at least you still have a Kevin Durant. So I definitely agree. Like Tillman, Fertitta, all the way down. There's plenty of blame to go around when it comes to the Rockets franchise. So, but I also want to kind of talk about the current Rockets. Um, So, what's kind of your opinion of like the current Rockets young core? And I do include Christian Wood in that because I know a lot of people for some reason think 25, 26 years old is kind of old and past their prime. But he's part of the young core, too. What's kind of your opinion of the young core going forward into this next year with possibly Kay Cunningham or like Evan Mobley? Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you,
1: I love it. Um, I've been waiting. (laughs) And it's funny because like last year I tweeted that I was envious of these young teams yeah and i was like i understand that basketball is all about winning but just seeing the young guys and how hungry they are i've always envied that because i felt like we reached a point in houston where guys were kind of content yeah. they were content with their role on the team oh i'm gonna go here score 30 and you know that's my night but like you know when you look at the younger guys on the team there's never a quit like they just keep going they they we had so many uh, fake comebacks this season. It was like, come on. Cause yeah. it started playing with your emotions. It's like, Hey, we getting blown out by 30. All right, here we go. And then you get to the fourth quarter and we down by five. It's like, hold on. All right, yeah. we got something. And then we still end up losing by 30, but you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. But I love that. Like I, I love seeing the passion that young players play with because you don't get that with the vets. I mean, some vets still have it. Like you guys, guys like Kobe Bryant, like when he played, he still had that at yeah. an older age. Like I'm going to get mine by any means. And I feel like, you know, with this young roster, we're building up a new culture. I really love the direction that the Rockets have taken. I love that Timur Fertitta let Raphael Stone do his job. Um, didn't try to hop in there and make suggestions and possibly make things even further uh, bad. So um yeah, I love it, man. Sean Tate, a dog. Kenya Martin Jr., dog. Christian Wood, he's one of the guys that I felt like Rockets should have pursued in the offseason. So when we landed him, I was thrilled. Yeah. Um. David Nwaba, you know, it's just all these guys have that dog factor in them. And the moment they're able to actually mesh and like be able to be on the court all at the same time, I really think that we're going to be a problem. And I don't think this rebuild stage will be long. Um, I think that if we're able to land a Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley, um, we'll be able to make strides toward the playoffs within your next two or three years.
0: Yeah. And and as we wrap up this second segment, I want to also ask you, so are you going to deactivate your uh, Twitter for the night? If the Rockets don't get that first or second pick, let's say (laughs) because we all know it's going to be hell is going to break loose on Rockets Twitter. If the Rockets don't get one of those top four picks. So what, do you think it's the end of the world if they don't get one of those top four picks? Or are you like, well, they'll still have 18, 23, and 24? Yeah, it's nah. bad, but it's not horrible. What's your opinion on that? Nah, we, nah,
1: we got <laughs> to <gotta> get, <laughs> get that top four. I swear, if we fall out of the top four, I'm going to be sick, bro. Because it's like, at least with the top four, you can miss out on certain talent and still walk away with somebody nice. So yeah. if you miss out on... Cade, Evan, you know, let's say Jalen Green, you still have a Jalen subs there. You still have, you know, other guys that you can possibly draft. But um, falling out the top four, and we lose that pick, nah, that's that's going to hurt because we've been we didn't already. We didn't already gotten beaten this season, bro. The Rockets deserve it. At this point, you know, like Tyrese said, like, what more do you want from me? <laughs> like, what more do you want, bro? We didn't lost our whole franchise cornerstones. We didn't lost the whole front office. We lost all our games. Like, we can't lose this pick, too, bro. Like, we need – something's got to give.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you look at it, it's been – I can't, I can't remember a season this bad. And I mean, even when the team left, you know, at least we still had the championships a few years before that. I mean, this mm-hmm. has been one of the toughest seasons. It's crazy. It's been one of the toughest season, but I've also enjoyed a, a parts of it just because like you said, of all the young players like KJ Martin and, and, and KPJ's 50 point game and um, watching Jay Sean Tate, who, the way, should have been definitely at least a top three rookie but you know that's another podcast for another time but i'm, I'm happy he did make all nba first team uh rookie he definitely deserve it so like yeah. you said I mean, watching these uh young players definitely at least made the season uh at least i got something out of it you know without you know with them being having the worst record in the league so but like you said yeah if they don't get one of the top four picks it, it might take me might take me a little bit of time to get over that to say the least. Um, yeah. It
1: just it, it, I don't know, man. Like I said, something's gotta give. Like how much how much torture do you want us to go through, basketball, guys? <laughs> Give us something.
0: I, I mean, exactly. I mean, you already took Chris Paul's hamstring a few years ago, so I mean, yes. The the, the basketball universe definitely owed the Rockets this. <laughs>
1: something, bro. Something.
0: And, and, actually, before we wrap up, now that I bring up Chris Paul, so what's I, I've been seeing your tweets on it, but I'm still going to ask you, what's kind of your opinion on the whole bringing up Chris Paul? Every single day (laughs) talking about, you know, reminiscing, which is fine, but making it a a daily topic. What's kind of your opinion on that whole situation, kind of revisiting, you know, the Chris Paul brief era?
1: So, my whole thing with Chris Paul is I'm tired of people bringing up Chris Paul as if the Chris Paul that we're seeing today is the same Chris Paul. Like the guy, the guy had a whole off season to change his diet, you know, focus on his health and all this other stuff. So it's like this Chris Paul is in a different chapter of his life. He understood what his body was trying to tell him and in fact he needed the injury with the Rockets in order to change to intend, in order to morph into the person that he is today for the Suns. Yeah. So with that being said, I don't like people having this narrative that oh Rockets made a terrible decision by getting rid of Chris Paul cuz let's keep it real. The Chris Paul that we had in the 2019 playoffs is not the same Chris Paul that we've seen today. That man no, was not <laughs> – Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't assertive. He was dribbling the ball down on the clock and just standing around. And, like, he had, like, one good game. And I think that was, like, game six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it was like, come on, bro. Like, we're not about to do that. And then on top of that, if we didn't have uh, – if we didn't give up Chris Paul, we still would have had Chris Paul and Clint Capella. We still would have won against the Lakers. Clint Capella was getting, you know – I'm not going to say outplayed, but I'll say that he was getting shown up by Kevon oh, yeah. So if you think that <laughs> Clint Capella was going to go into that uh, go into that semifinals against the Los Angeles Lakers where Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and uh, JaVale McGee and do something, come on, bro. Like, you got to be, we got to be realistic with ourselves. So it's cool to kind of have that, oh, what if, but the only what if when it comes to Chris Paula. On our team is what if Chris Paul didn't pull his hamstring? That's all. That's the only what if we had. Yeah. Anything after that, you're reaching. <laughs>
0: you're yeah. reaching. Like it, it ain't there. It, it, exactly. It's revisionist history because, like you said, I mean, it's like people kind of just did a Men in Black on his last season and just kind of forgot how bad he, how bad I would say bad Chris Paul standards he was for that entire year. And that, the only reason we had the James Harden unstoppable tour is because Chris Paul was hurt. <laughs> for most yeah. of the season and then he went to the playoffs he couldn't get by kevon looney he couldn't drive by pretty much anybody on a Golden state team so uh like you said yeah it's and and the only reason i think that he changed his diet is because the Rockets traded him because yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't think it would have been any different the year after that i think he would still have the same diet he would still had the inj- same injury concerns so um like you said i'm at the point now i'm ready to move forward it's a new era and only way I think most Rockets fans are going to move forward is that, like you said, we get one of those top four picks. Because if not, it's going to be a long off season. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. And and real quick, uh, yeah. we got we got to stop doing this to Russell Westbrook, man. Um, yeah. You know, I I like Russ too, but we have to stop acting like that was a terrible trade. I mean, I feel like was is Chris Paul the better point guard? Yes, we can say for who, like he impacts winning more. But when it comes to Russ, we can't act like during the The winter Russ wasn't going crazy and when Harden was looking inconsistent, Russ was really carrying the team and doing everything he can. And this is not to make excuses for him, but you know, the hamstring and the COVID thing, not the hamstring, the quad and the COVID thing did impact his play. Um, And with that being said, we can't just look at it in hindsight and be like, oh, we never should have made the trade for Russ. It's like, bro, Russ was not bad. He was dominating and we had the best backcourt in basketball. Um, Now, did we have expectations to get far with them? You know, that's another story. But it's just the fact that what we were seeing on that court was a winning duo and it's like we can't sit here and act like that was the most that was the worst trade in nba history and we shouldn't have never did it like at the end of the day we traded chris paul for an mvp that was averaging a triple double and i don't think that in that moment that was a terrible trade with the chris paul that we had not the chris paul you see today the chris paul we had so yeah i just had to throw that in there
0: You're good because between January and March, Russell Westbrook was a top five player in the league. I mean, he he was playing ridiculous. And I'll still say to this day, if we had that Russell Westbrook, if he didn't have the injury and then, I mean, people don't realize, I mean, you're trying to come back from COVID and he came back way before he should have just because he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. If we had the, that Westbrook from January to March, the Rockets beat the Lakers. I mean, I, I just really believe that because Westbrook was playing out of his mind. And also you got to factor in, Gordon wasn't playing well. Um, We had other people. Robert Covington disappeared against the Lakers. I mean, they hunted him out on every single play. So, I mean, (laughs) it was a lot of factors that went into it. And, like you said, Russell Westbrook, I I defend Russell Westbrook to this day. uh, And I know it's kind of hard to do that down here in Houston. But (laughs) for for that first part of 2020, he was one of the best players. He was playing better than Harden. Facts. Yeah. So, we don't have a vision history. We got to have the right history. That's going to wrap up segment two. We're going to actually talk about the crazy playoffs that are going on right now. And I want to get um, the kid guy's opinion on what's going on with all that. And, you know, having the Clippers in the West Conference final versus Chris Paul is a whole different story. So I want to get his opinion on all those. So please stick around.
1: Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo H-O-U, all Houston, all original.
0: And continuing here on the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, if you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. Okay, and this last segment, I'm going to get the kid guy's opinion on the playoffs that are going on right now, the wild, crazy playoffs um, that we have been witnessing the last couple of weeks. Um, But first, uh, let's go ahead and start off with some of the action that happened last night. what was your opinion when the, when the Clippers were, were down 2025, 20, did you already think, well, we're going to game seven or, and you started to think, well, maybe this is the same old Clippers that we see every single year. And then the huge comeback and they actually go to the Western conference final. Is that the most shocking thing that's happened in this playoffs? Or is it something else? Cause it's probably been like 20 other things as well.
1: Uh, in my personal opinion, that would probably be the most shocking. And I yeah. think it's the most shocking just because of who stepped up. Yeah. Um, you know, with the Clippers, not only were they already, I still consider them to be frauds.
0: Uh, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> a lot of people cause did. Of,
1: Yeah, because of last season, so, like, until they actually, if they go to the finals, you know, I'll start to give them their respect, um, because they've already had a win-ready team. So, yeah. Um, me looking at the Clippers, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is typical Clippers fashion. They looking like frauds. If they get bounced, they get bounced. And I thought they were done Uh, once, you know, Utah. But that injury to Donovan Mitchell was hurting them. Yeah. And that's kind of where it, it made it uncertain because it's just like, you know, they need Mitch. Um, But with that being said, like I said, like, like I said, when you lose Kawhi Leonard, that's when you was just like, oh, that's a huge blow. Um, and it wasn't to say, at least for me, I know everybody else hates Paul George, but <laughs> at least to me, I was like, you know, Paul George is still capable of doing something, but losing Kawhi, that's yeah. major. Like, that's a that's a two-way play. Like, you're losing a great defender and you're losing a great offensive player. So with that being said, I didn't expect Ter- uh, Terrence Mann to go for however much he went for. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that, that was, uh, that was very shocking to me. I can't even act like that wasn't even a, a wild thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and before we go and go you know, to the conference finals, can I get your opinion on that? That series? What's, what's your opinion on, we have two game sevens coming up this weekend. We got Atlanta and Philadelphia, and we got Brooklyn and Milwaukee. What's kind of your feel on, let's start with Milwaukee and, um, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, because, you're still dealing with Harden. is still dealing with the hamstring. We can all tell he's definitely not the same. Kyrie Irving's not going to be back. What's kind of your opinion? Do you have a, a strong opinion one way or another who's going to take that game seven? Uh, it's tough Um, because one thing about Milwaukee,
1: Milwaukee seems to like fold under pressure Yes, yeah, yeah. And I feel like if they if they happen to do that, because the game's in Brooklyn, right, if I'm not mistaken?
0: Yes. Yeah. Game seven. Yeah, okay. In
1: so, so game seven is in Brooklyn. You know, you have a KD, you have a James Harden. I know they're going to play, they're going to leave it all out on the floor. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, you know, if Milwaukee just isn't up for the challenge, you know, they they're going to fold like they always do. They need yeah. Chris Middleton to be able to step up the way that he stepped up last game, because when Chris Middleton doesn't show up, the bucks always tend to lose. So yeah. um, he's the X factor in that game. So if I had to make a prediction, a part of me wants to lean to Brooklyn. uh, And the only reason why is because once again, like I said, you can't really put your faith in like a Chris Middleton or the Bucks when the point. So that's kind of where I lie with that.
0: Yeah. And, and before we move on to the next series, um, I want to point out that, you know, James Harden was, I mean, as great as Giannis is, James Harden is, was correct. Giannis is a great, athletic player, but he has no other moves when it comes to right. get get a second counter move when somebody takes away his drive to the basket. Um so what what's kind of your opinion on Giannis? Because he's like one of those players he can give you 30 and 10, but it's almost like did he really fully impact the game to the point where you can see them moving on to the uh, moving on to the finals. Like what's kind of your opinion on Giannis and was James Harden right is that you know he wish he can be seven foot tall and dunk and, and run the court. And that's all he had to do. Well, what's kind of your opinion on Giannis?
1: Yeah, Jay, uh, I mean, uh, James Harden was right. Giannis yeah. literally has no offensive bag. <laughs> it, it became very noticeable this year. Like when I say no bag, it's like getting a happy meal, but it's no toy inside. <laughs> like, yeah, you you feed, you get your hunger, Uh, your hunger is gone, but like, you don't get anything after that. Like where's the flash, where's yeah. the, so a lot of people say that Giannis isn't an alpha. A lot of people say that he's a Robin type player, but me personally, I don't believe that. I feel like Giannis is a Batman and an alpha, but he just needs an alpha to be beside him. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, they hear that and he's like, no, somebody has to be Robin is. I don't believe that's true because if you look at Shaq and Kobe, those were two alphas when Shaq, you know, when Shaq was there, he was getting MVPs final MVPs and, It's like, that's not to say Kobe wasn't dogging, because Kobe was standing up when Shaq wasn't. So it's like, you just need that co-alpha on the team to play with Giannis to really be successful. And I think what's really limiting uh, Giannis isn't the fact that it's a mental thing. I just think it's his lack of skill set. And people don't really understand how detrimental that is to a player, especially in crucial moments where he needs to go get that bucket if I have no offensive moves and a guy like Blake Griffin is clamped down in front of me, he knows I can't go nowhere, but straight, what do I do? Do I have, like, I have to force a, a turnaround fade away or I got to try to back all the way up to the three point line, just to bulldoze my way back into <laughs> yeah. the paint. Like that, these are Giannis's moves. He has no offensive back. He has no lateral movement. So when you don't have any lateral movement, how am I supposed to create my own shot and get my own space? my jump shot isn't that pure. I don't have a consistent mid range. I don't have a consistent three pointer. So what do I do? And I think that's where Giannis is hurting. So I don't, once again, I don't think it's a, he's not a Batman. He's not an alpha. I just think it's his limit, like his limited offensive moves that hold him back to being great and really being that player that we want him to be.
0: Yeah. And that kind of, Perfect segue into our uh, uh, talking about the next series when we talk about limited offensive moves. Um, I mean, we also have Atlanta, Philadelphia, game seven. And one of the biggest problems with uh, Philadelphia so far has been Ben Simmons and the fact that he has basically no offensive move other than a dunk. So what's kind of your opinion on that series? Because it's going back to Philadelphia. MB still doesn't look 100 percent healthy. Um, Atlanta may be without I Bo Bojanovic I haven't actually heard one way or another where he's going to play so what's kind of your opinion on game seven who do you have taken that one
1: uh I mean it's it's crazy because I had before the season even started I said that uh like Philly was like the biggest threat to the Lakers because I yeah. thought like you know the Lakers were going to go to the finals whatever but um so I, I have really high hopes for Philly but Atlanta was also my dark horse. So the fact that they're facing each other, is kind of with me. I'm like, dang, they face <laughs> each other. It's a game seven. So I got to pick one of them. Who do I believe in more? Um, and it's difficult because Ben Simmons, I've reached a point to where I can't really defend him anymore. Like yeah. I used to defend Ben like all the time. Cause it's like, bro, like Ben Simmons is not trash, but, like bro in the playoffs you shooting like 33% <laughs> from the free throw line like yes. a lot of this stuff is unacceptable like i i'm always the person that tries to give credit i'll call a spade a spade when you really like garbage like i'm not going to say garbage but when you really playing uh minimal basketball and not really standing up for your team so yeah. and that's kind of where ben is right now it was like ben you taken I can't remember which game it was, but he took, like, four shot attempts. I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? You're the (laughs) second star on that team. Like, you should really be tapping in and helping your teammates. And like you said, I think it's the fact that he's limited. And one of the things that I said about the Houston Rockets when there was a rumored trade that we were trading for him and Matisse Stiebel uh, the first thing I said is that, okay, we move Ben Simmons to power forward. Like that yeah, was the first exactly. thing that came to mind. Like move <laughs> Ben Simmons to power forward. We have Christian Wood at center and this is how we're going to move. And because I think all this time Ben has just been playing out of position. This is a guard dominated league. Yeah. Ben can guard guards, but can he play guard the way that he's supposed to? And he can, to a certain extent he can facilitate, but he can't score like today's guards. He's not a combo guard. So that's what makes his role difficult. So you got to place him somewhere, uh, at least offensively, where he can, you can get the most out of him. Yeah. And that's with his back towards the basket. You know, put him in the paint, put him close to the paint to where he can actually get those inside buckets where he's more useful. And I think, you know, pairing him, a 6'10 guy that's as versatile as him, next to Joel Embiid, who also can shoot better than Ben, it's like, bro, that's a crazy, that's a crazy tandem down low. But, you know, for whatever reason, they keep running him at point guard. And I think it's starting to be exposed that that's not, he's not that guy. <laughs> he's yeah. not that guy as a point guard.
0: And it's so why you bring bring put him at power four. I mean, honestly, he's more like more of a uh, Draymond Green than a point guard. Really? Exactly. He's probably, he, he probably should be more in this position where he's uh, in the dunker spot. Because I also think. I don't know how much you can put on Doc Rivers, but I just don't know if he understands or same thing with Brett Brown before him. They really understand what is actually to do with Ben Simmons, because like you said, he doesn't really need to be at the top of the key because he has basically no threat from out there. Teams are just going to leave him out there, just like a Draymond Green. He's Mm -hmm. really effective in the open court and, when he's underneath down by the basket, like you said, there's no way he should be taking just four or five shots. He's supposed to be the second best player. He's really supposed to be like he was uh, talking about earlier, the Robin to Embiid's Batman. And he, and it's actually, honestly, it's been Seth Curry and Tobias Harris up until this point. So, but I mean, saying all that, do you see, do you see them still being able to take game seven or do you have Atlanta moving on um, to the conference final? Ah.
1: Atlanta is tough, bro. And yeah. I, I hate to see it, but I, I, I just think that Philly gets that edge. I know yeah. I know that it, uh, Joel is not going out like that. And then Philly has a better supporting cast. In my personal yeah. opinion, um, Seth has been playing great and stuff like that. So I think they get it done. But, yeah, to see the Hawks and in this round would really hurt because Trey and the rest of the company have been going crazy. So yeah. I, I am going to have to stop with Philly, though.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think you know the home court, and I think, like you said, when it comes down to it, I think Philadelphia can play just good enough defense to to move on to the you know conference finals. But yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta pulls it out because you know they do have Trey Young, and most of the series he's probably been the best player. So. I definitely, I can't wait for Game Seven, and it's even better when I'm not having to pull my hair out the little I have left when the Rockets are actually in the playoffs. So, oh
1: yeah, I'm and I'm hope, I'm hoping for the Hawks low key. I already tweeted yeah. it earlier, like the way that the Hawks and the Suns have been playing, I would love to see them in the finals. Now everybody didn't agree. was like no, we want you know big time star players. Uh, I ain't yeah. trying to hit none of that. I want to see <laughs> good basketball, and the people that have been playing the best basketball are the underdogs.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy you, know, you say that. Honestly, even with the Lakers going on the first round and, you know, other big teams getting knocked out early, I I really enjoyed the playoffs. And to me, whoever's in the finals, even even if it's Phoenix, if it's um, even if it's the Clippers, Atlanta, whoever it is, I think it's going to be entertaining. Now, whether the networks agree with me, that's a different story, but (laughs) I think it'll be entertaining. Uh, Before we wrap it up though, I want to can you uh, let everybody know where they can find all your uh, different content again?
1: Yeah, so uh, everything about me, you can find at The Kid Gowie. So Twitter, D-A-K-I-D-G-O-W-I-E. That goes for YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, even SoundCloud. So if you want to find The Kid Gowie, you type that in. Once again, that's D-A-K-I-D-G-O-W-I-E, and you can find all my stuff.
0: Hey, you also have merchandise as well, correct?
1: Yes, sir. TheKidGowie.com. See, everything's (laughs) The Kid Gowie. We stay on brand.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, hey, and first off, yeah, I definitely appreciate you jumping on. Like I said, I, I always love your content. I'll definitely continue to follow you. Hey, I love that you're doing big things, and uh, I, I definitely uh, will keep my eye out for you and I definitely keep it up.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Once again, thank you for having me. It's cool to actually talk Rockets basketball with somebody in this Rocket space. So, um, this is really cool, and I appreciate you for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hopefully next week, you know, all the Rockets fandom won't be burnt down, but uh, I guess we'll find out (laughs) Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video podcasts and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of Launchpad Podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.